This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Sonia Zach, Chief Operating Officer at Zach Dental in California. Sonia, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into our broader discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? So what really interested me about the dental industry is that that it's quite complicated. Uh, It's complex. You have to balance lots of different relationships with insurance payers, with patients as consumers, and also as patients that you have to take care of their health. And also, of course, uh, team members that you have to train um, and develop culture with. So I just feel like it's a very interesting and a dynamic place to be at as somebody who may not have come from dentistry, but uh, somebody who's always been interested in organizations and teams. Um, I just feel like it's a really great place to explore and, uh, and develop as a leader. That's really fantastic to hear. Now, what are the two or three biggest trends that you're following in healthcare today, given your role as COO of Zach Dental? Well, I think the most uh, salient trend um, is that has evolved, um, and it's, it was kind of developing that way even before the pandemic, but it really kind of, uh, I think as an industry really hit a fall, is, is hit a wall, is the tight labor market, right, that we're all experiencing and, you know, it was supposed to be something somewhat temporary, but we're continuing to experience it almost two years into the pandemic. Um, you know, that ha- dealing with a tight labor market um, as dental organizations, it's, it's really forcing us to um, re- develop a culture that attracts um, talent uh, that is able to create a a work-life balance for team members um, and and sort of changes the relationship between a a team member and an employer, right? From a transactional relationship to a more trusting long-term relationship. And that's really um, quite challenging, especially in the dental field because we have to balance that, right? Our team members needs against our patients needs and often they're in conflict with each other think like extended hours, right? Providing extended hours is great for our patients, but how do we do that um, and still promise work-life balance for our team members? So I think that's, um, I'm really interested to see how we as an organization, but also our fellow DSOs around us of different sizes, how how those problems are gonna be solved in the near future. So I'm really excited to watch that. So the second uh, trend that I'm very excited to be part of and observing as well is um, the importance of culture, both from like team member culture, but also patient journey, right? Those two concepts have really taken a hold of the industry and have become a focal point for many leaders of dental organizations. And you start to see this, you know, all of these um DSOs having their own unique culture and offerings to their team members as well as their patients. Um, as an organizational behavior scientist at heart, I, to me, it's, it's, a, it's kind of, it's my, uh, it's the one thing that I enjoy the most at our organization, but also watching others develop their own culture. So, um, and now going back 15 years compared to now, these cultures have become so evolved and so mindful and and the type of leaders that run these organizations have become 
qualitatively different. Um, and so I'm very happy to, to see that and be part of that. Um, and then the third um, trend, which has been happening for quite some time, right, with the advent of online reviews and so forth, is really um, how our consumers uh, or slash patient psychology has changed and how it, it, towards um, empowering the patient slash consumers and how we as providers of healthcare, specifically dental care and oral health, have to adapt to that and be able to, you know, evolve from becoming this or from, from a, relation, a patient provider relationship that was more, let's call it authoritarian or authoritative, where the providers would, you know, use their extra knowledge, right, to be, to have power and control over the patient, kind of tell them, like, here's what you need, and then the patient just follows, and that has really evolved to patients um, being, and more importantly, feeling more educated about their health, and wanting to be part of the decision-making process, and wanting choices, um, yet as providers, we want to be able to give them those choices and options, and really understand our, our patients' needs, um, but at the same time, um, not overwhelm, overwhelm them with too many choices to, to such an extent that they feel completely arrested. So balancing that, um, being the debt educator, but at the same time, an advisor to the patient, um, I'm really excited to see that trend evolve. Um, That's perfect. Thinking about, you know, first the labor market and then secondly, um, the way that the dental industry has matured just a bit and then Thirdly, looking at the consumerism aspect of it and really how the interactions of the patients are changing and what drives patients um, to, to select a, a practice or a specific dentist certainly is a top of mind for many in the industry. From your perspective, um, I just really love to know how you anticipate Zach Dental growing over the next 12 months or so. Um, I think as far as um, store level growth versus like number of stores, uh, our focus for this year is definitely going to be uh, store level growth. Um, we've restructured quite a bit since um, the pandemic. I mean, we've thought about all of these plans even before then, but the pandemic really kind of shook us up and forced us into um, an, a, sort of an evolution mode, almost like an entrepreneurial type spirit. And We've come out of the pandemic as a fundamentally different organization than we were before. As one example of many, um, all of our exams, most of our exams are now done virtually. And so what that has allowed us to do is free up operatory spaces. So now, you know, before, let's say we, a particular office had nine operatories and was, you know, our goal was to kind of keep it occupied, you know, at 80, 90%. Now we've got two extra operatories um, with the same amount of revenue. We have the opportunity to actually grow the revenue without needing to increase the physical space of the location. So we're going to focus on capitalizing on that and, and focusing on in-store growth. Um, now, how we're going to accomplish that is to focus on uh, coming up with uh, retention and reactivation, self-driving retention and reactivation methods um, and in all honesty during all of this restructuring that we were doing that wasn't really our primary focus and so and also because of the we had some labor shortages as everybody else with hygiene and whatnot and now that we kind of 
have gone through a lot of the sort of restructuring pains, we're now ready to um, kind of react, refocus ourselves on this retention and reactivation to drive in-store growth. Got it. That's really interesting to hear um, and great to know you've been able to pivot, especially when you're looking at the um, change from all physical space to doing more virtual. How has that worked? Have patients been pretty receptive to it and um, been a, an easy transition or have there been a, a few hiccups? Well, you know, the timing was was fortuitous in a way that it was done around COVID. And probably one of the reasons why that shift happened around COVID was that the patients were ready. Um, and prepared for that, right? Because we weren't the only ones doing it. Now all their their primary healthcare providers, their doctors were doing it, other dental offices were doing it. So really the patients were, were not, I mean, initially there were some surprises, but as patients got more comfortable with the technology itself, and in all honesty, that was like a big problem from the get-go on how to educate the patients to use the telehealth technology, right? Like download the app or whatnot, right? Using the links. Um, but once patients got uh, well equipped with using technologies like Zoom or Google Meet, um, it's become kind of second nature to them. And in fact, what we found is that patients really, well, we've been able to solve a lot of problems with, um, with this method of delivery, right? Number one, we pretty much eliminated wait times, right? If your telehealth appointment starts at 9.20 a.m., there's always somebody there, you know, at 9 19 a.m. Um, whereas before, you know, inside of a dynamic dental practice where p- providers are multitasking, wait time was a big issue that we we had uh, that we especially with patients who were getting exams. So we were able to solve that. So patients really love that that they don't have they don't have wait time. And then um, the quality of the exam because the doctor's not multitasking, they're focusing on the patients, they're focusing on the patient's needs, they're having an exclusive conversation with the patients, not needing to worry about any other patient or anything else that might be happening on another on another operatory. Um, and then also using technology since, such as intraoral pictures um, and, and really educating the patients about their needs, doing things like screen sharing and whatnot. I mean, for the patients, they really actually embrace it and love it. And a lot of the times they tell us, you know, this is like the best exam I've ever gotten, right? Something that you really can't do in an operatory. Um, or in a clinical setting. Um, they also get to do it from their home or maybe even during a, uh, during a break at work. So we have a lot more availability and options for them. They don't have to drive to the office. So there's just a lot of benefits and, and it's really been embraced by our patients. Most of our patients. <laughs> That's great to hear. I know, you know, it's hard to get 100% um, on board, but I can imagine it definitely um, would be helpful for many reasons um, for a large bulk of the patient population. Yeah. The, the other element of, uh, I think, that's huge value to the patients is that essentially this form of delivery, because we have a separate team of uh, wellness diagnosing doctors who focus on diagnostics only, those, that's our telehealth doctors, and then we have the clinical chairside doctors, the treating doctors, whether they're specialists or general dentists, essentially what the patients end up getting is a built-in second opinion, uh, which, you know, going back to the idea of how patients' needs are evolving and how they want to really feel um, that, you know, they're more sensitive about quality, they want to know, they, they really want to feel empowered with choices and, um, and knowledge, they want to be empowered with knowledge, have, providing that built-in second opinion, right, because we have the wellness diet doctor who does the initial 
treatment plan and diagnosis, but then the treating doctor, of course, is going to verify the accuracy, right? And so uh, ultimately, those two guys um, have to come to a consensus, right? So it's not just a built-in second opinion, but it's also the promise to our patients that our providers are going to reach a consensus rather than just telling, oh, you have two different opinions, now one, right? So um, that, that promise of built-in second opinion and consensus, I think, um, and, and the telehealth model allowing us to provide that to them um, is, is really great for our patients' base, and they really appreciate it. That's amazing to hear. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, my last question here is just, what are you most excited about for the future of dentistry? What are we most excited about? I mean, I'm excited about a lot of different (laughs) things, all the trends that I discussed. Um, But I think uh, in addition to that, um, you know, I'm also a patient myself, right? All of us are um, in the dental industry. We're not just people who are part part of the dental teams, but we're also patients. We're we're all there's at least twice a year we're going to be visiting um, our dentist ourselves. And as a patient, you know, I really what I want to see more in dental care is more of a pre- preventative, um, less invasive options for patients, right? Where it's not just always like this drill and fill surgical mentality, right? So as a patient, that's kind of what I would like to see more. And so I'm very excited about the various uh, research and the various new biochemical methods, the pharmacological approaches um, and preventative based type procedures that are, that have, you know, that are coming out or becoming more salient. Um, and more available to patients. So as an organization, we want to make that available to our patients. We want to be on the forefront of that preventative base. So yeah, so preventative based procedures and sort of uh, delivery systems that focus on prevention rather than um, invasive kind of surgical intervention when it's already kind of too late. Got it. That makes a ton of sense. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Okay, sounds good.